I was waiting. I've been biting my tongue over there singing praises, but I've been biting my tongue a little bit because I have got so much to catch you up on. You're not going to believe this. Do you know I can see the back row? Let me tell you about my Jesus. You see, you know, I've been struggling a lot since I left you. My eyes were failing. You guys know when I was here before, I was struggling sometimes with my vision. I was actually where I was actually having to cut some of my... Don't do that. That scared me. I was up there. I'm thinking the Holy Spirit fell or lightning struck. One of the two. Somebody's either going to heaven or somewhere else. I just want you to understand what happened. You see, I didn't know what even happened to myself. Anybody been so ignorant you don't even know what's going on with you? (laughs) That was me all day long, right? So here's what it is. I was told, Pastor, there's nothing we can do. Your disease is now progressing into your eyes. You're going to be blind by December. You'll be completely blind. And I was like... Like, well, God, you know, thank God they have Bible on tape. I'm still preaching. We're good, right? And then all of a sudden, I sent me in. They said, hey, we have this idiot. That, uh, he's a doctor. We call them idiots because they don't know nothing. They're just practicing. We went to this doctor, and he says, there may be a way I can fix this. And I'm like, whoo, right score. So I go, and he goes, nope, can't fix it. And I went, well, that was an epic, uh, you know, letdown. No, what it is, he goes, because there's nothing wrong with your eyes that I can fix. You need to go to this guy. I'm with this guy, and he goes, when did you hit your head? And I said, well, my mom said I'd done bumped my head a lot of times when I was a kid. And she, he goes, no, serious, when did you hit your head? Well, I don't know if you remember the story, but a couple of years ago, I was being really stupid, and I went down, which, which this is normal in my life, and I was in my wheelchair, and I decided I was going to do an outreach at the, the skate park in town. So I went to the skate park to check out what was needing to be done, and I flipped my wheelchair and fell eight feet and landed on my head. Well, at that point in time, I created what they call traumatic cataract. I dislodged the lenses in my eye. Right now, I went in, and they're like, we can fix you. And this is on Thursday. Wednesday, the following week, they did my first eye. I woke up with 20-20 vision. Last Wednesday, they did this eye. I have 20. The doctor, I just went Thursday, and the doctor says, you don't need glasses. You're good. You got 20-20 both eyes. I haven't had this since I was 15. And I'm thinking, man, does they have cataracts of the legs? I'd like to have my 15-year-old legs back, right? You understand what I'm saying? But I'm just telling you, Jesus is still doing stuff. You understand what I mean? Now, does that mean that my life has been perfect? Y'all know me. That ain't happening right now, right? So let me tell you about my Jesus. My wife has cancer in four places. They removed her her, cancer. thing of a jig in her throat and the thing underneath it the thyroid and thank you i was like lost it for a minute uh, thyroid and parathyroid they took it all out right <laughs> slice dice this is they've cut all parts of her body off with cancer right this is her fourth time battling cancer and guess what they said sorry ma'am it's metastasized it's not only in your throat wrapped around your jugular inoperable it's in your stomach and your kidney and your liver Go home and get things right. Guess what? We found out that Jesus had a different plan. So I just wanted to let you know, two weeks ago, she had an endoscopy. The cancer in her stomach is completely gone. The pitting is there. The holes are there. No cancer visible at all. And they went in on Tuesday to do a um, fine needle aspiration on the one around her neck, and they couldn't find it. 
So let me just tell you something. Just because things ain't going perfect now, they're still saying she's icky, right? And we're still doing treatments, and it's like, not great. But guess what? God's still doing stuff. The problem is, is Alan, my brother right now, who wanted to be here, and today of all days, I'm marrying his youngest son. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a wedding getting ready to happen at 6 o'clock this evening at Alan's house, and Alan's in UMC getting ready to have surgery. Not perfect timing, but let me tell you about my Jesus. You see, Alan texted me at 11.30 last night, Pastor, I know why I'm here. I go, what? Because your, your liver's messed up, dummy. I knew why you were there. And he's like, no, you don't understand. They finally put me in a room. And they put me with a single man who's coming out of addiction. And he's lost. And he goes, my life, I don't understand. And Alan looked at him and said, I know why I'm here. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you understand when you have faith in God, what happens around you is not going to dictate how your day goes? I woke up this morning. That was a good start. Right? Why? I know people who didn't. No, I don't know them. (laughs) They may know me, but I'm telling you, there are people that didn't wake up this morning. (laughs) Not a great way to start your day, unless you're in the presence of the Lord. I'm just trying to tell you, you've got to come to grips with who you are. You see, I love it when people tell me, oh, I have faith in God. Really? You better be careless, care, careful when you say that. Because you're going to get tested. Did you know that? And if it ain't by Satan, it's going to be by your buddy. <laughs> you know how many times my buddies have been the stumbling block in my life? I just needed to choose better buddies. You know what I mean? I am having troubles here. But you see, when you claim to have faith, I love seeing his families. I love seeing families in church. I love it when they bring their kids to church. You know why? Because their kids are getting to see that my parents have faith. You know why? That means, faith means, I could have stayed home today. I I know that everybody in this building got up this morning and went, this is my best day ever. I feel so amazing. I'm going to go to church. No, everybody. What? Half of you still look that way. I'm just giving you a hint, Alan. I mean, just saying. You know, it's like, wake up! No, you know, <laughs> whatever, whatever. The hairless wonders over there pointing. Don't even. I want you to understand something. When you wake up ready to worship God, your day starts differently when you wake up dreading what's coming at you. You see, if you say you have faith, it's time to start acting like you have faith. My granddaddy told me a story. He said he walked outside and he seen a man that hadn't been to church in so long. And he grabbed him and he pulled him aside and said, Mister, brother, you really need to join the army of the Lord. You know, my granddad, he was like, you know, ha, 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 you know, old school, right? And the old man said, shh, pastor, I'm already a member of the army. He goes, well, then how come I don't see you on Sundays? And I don't see you at men's meetings. And I don't see you uh, at the prayer time. And he goes, shh, I'm in secret service. I think some of y'all think you enlisted in the Secret Service. 
You see, you've got to figure out something. If you're part of the kingdom of God, you don't hide that stuff. You get out in the middle of everything. My brother Alan in UMC waiting for a surgery sicker than a dog looking for a reason Jesus put him in the building. That's what you do when you actually have faith. You see, James, I, I, I just, I'm going to preach, I promise. <laughs> I, I am. There's words in here and everything. I wrote them all down. Some of them on the way here. Is like, <laughs> Gary's like, did you sleep on the way here? Only a little bit to make sure I had the right message. You understand? And I was driving. It was scary for some people. But I'm just telling you, go, if you have a Bible, I'd love it. And if you don't have a Bible, they're underneath the front pew, if I remember right. Yeah, I see them underneath the seats. I made them put them there. You can get a Bible. If you actually have one, that's great. If you you have to pull out your iPhone, keep off of Facebook. That's all. I'm just asking you, if you pull your phone out, staff of Facebook, actually go to the scripture. Here's the deal. Matthew 5. Turn to Matthew 5, verse 14 through 16. <clears throat> I want you to understand what you're called to. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. You understand that? Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. That's just ignorance, by the way. Instead, they put it on a stand to where it can give light to everyone in the house. Do you understand what you were done in the same way you let your light shine before the others? that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Do you understand what this world needs more than anything right now is not you being judgmental? What they need is they don't need you to go out there and tell them what sin they're in. They already know what sin they're in. They ain't stupid folk. What they are, what they are is lost. And the problem is, is they're looking for somebody to give them truth and give them hope. And his name is Jesus Christ. And if you are hiding the light that Jesus Christ has put inside of you, you're doing not only yourself, you're doing this world a disservice. In this time, what we have got to do is we have got to stop trying to hide and be in the secret service of the Lord and start walking around with pride. You don't understand. Do you know since I left y'all back in March, do you know what happened two weeks after I left you? I died. Most of you don't know that because I got COVID. You remember I had a letter saying if I got COVID, I had three days to live because I'm immunosuppressed. I have no immune system. They told me, don't go to the emergency room. You have three days. There's nothing nobody can do for you. Two weeks after I, 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 I haven't been here, we, we stopped coming. I started to get sick. And it was just like my muscles were cramping. And it was terrible. And I told my wife. My wife said, I actually was praying in my sleep, Jesus, just kill me. Take me. I can't deal with this anymore. Because I can't feel half my body. And the part that I felt sucked. I was done. Three days. I don't remember three days. I literally lost three days of my life. The doctors were calling and asking my wife, what's his pulse? What's his respiration? What's his oxat? hook him up to his machine I couldn't even I wasn't even able I wasn't cognizant enough to hook myself up to my own dialysis machine I was dying 
But let me tell you about my Jesus. You see, you see what happened is I didn't die because I wouldn't be here. I'd be in heaven. But I didn't die. But let me tell you what happened. What happened was I don't have the COVID shot. I can't do it. It'll kill me. Guess what? COVID didn't kill me. The shot didn't kill me. But let me tell you what my Jesus did. I am now immune. And they're telling me I've got better immune system than people that had 14 shots. <laughs> don't tell me that my Jesus ain't doing stuff. Let me tell you what happened my wife got COVID she didn't get it when I had it she waited two months stubborn woman I'm like so now what's gonna happen nothing do you know that uh, the entire time my wife cared for me you know we didn't put a face diaper on one time she cared for me she she helped me up my son Helped and carried me back and forth to, to, to the restroom because I couldn't even walk. I was done. I was physically done. She didn't get COVID. And I'm like, cool. God, you're amazing. Because you know what he does for me? And I know he just does it for me, Gary, because he loves me more than he loves you. Here's the thing. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Look at this. You know what I'm saying? You don't have a chance. I'm just saying. What happened was, is this is what God does in my life. Do you know that when I'm at my lowest, my wife's at her highest? And when my wife's at her highest, I'm usually at my lowest. We are never there at the same time. You know why? Because God said, you're too weak to be on your own. (laughs) I can't do it all. And you know what's crazy is, is two months later, my wife gets COVID. And she's icky sick. Right? We're talking about, <laughs> and I'm in the hospital. She goes, but you not to go. I'm not the one with COVID right now. Check the rules out. I stay home. You go. She's like, nope. And she goes, do me a favor. Anoint me and pray. You have faith? You know what faith is? Faith is when you're just sitting there watching the love of your life who's battling all this other caca in her life, right? Struggling with the dread of COVID. And you know what? Instead of taking her where they can shot, prove, and prot, and put stuff. No. In the name of the Father and the Son, the stripes upon your back were far healing. I claim a healing over the love of my life through you right now from her head to her feet. Guess what? The next morning, she woke up fine. Lisa's not doing good. She's been struggling. Guess what? We're praying. I wish she was here. I'd slop her down with so much oil, she could go to Quick Lube and get a job. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, why, what are you messing around with? Where's your faith? Your brother, Bob, let me tell you right now, if I was in UCLA, they'd have to be calling a hazmat spill team because I'd be pouring frankincense and oil all over him going, in the name of Jesus, the Nazareth, rise. Get this closed up, be done. You understand right now, I'm stopping on my way home at UMC, and I already got my little badge and everything because I'm clergy. They said I'm okay. And I'm going to walk right on in, and I'm going to go in, and I'm slapping oil on oil, Alan's head and saying, in the name of Jesus, come on home, let's go get in the car. I, got, I need somebody to drive. I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> well, you think I'm kidding. I'm going to tell him that. If he don't get up, I'm going to owe ye of little faith. 
<laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I won't do that to him. <laughs> I won't do that to him. But I'm just telling you, you got to understand something. If you truly have faith, faith demonstrates good. Now, I'm off track. You ain't got none of this stuff because this is good stuff. And I don't send all the stuff to Vinette because she'll have my sermon and preach it before I get here. So here's the deal. Faith demonstrates good. Anybody ever heard faith without works is? Don't say that word in church. No, I'm just telling you right now. This is the deal. Some of you got faith and you ain't got works. You're dead inside. If you have faith in God, you have something that shines from you. If it don't, you're fooling yourself. Really? My brother in a hospital at UMC, sick and yellow. He's been battling cancer from before we left here. He back in December is when he went down to, to Mexico and they slice and dice him. Then it came back twice as bad. They slice and dice him. Then everything was good. You ain't going to believe it when you see him. He's lost 48 pounds. He is almost as good looking as I am. He'll never get there, but he's got something to aspire to be. I'm just saying, he's losing all this weight, right? Looking really good, and then, liver quit working. You understand, he could have gave up, and I'm just tired of fighting. Anybody ever felt like that? Nobody in this room has ever felt like I'm tired of fighting. Every day, I feel like I'm getting kicked. I've been praying for my brother. I've been praying for my son. I've been praying for my daughter. I've been praying. And every time something, it, pff, out of blue. I'm just tired of fighting. Nobody in here has ever felt like tired of fighting. Tired of fighting. You know what? It's because you're fighting. You're not the one who's going to win anyway. Because if you don't do what we got on your side, you're guaranteed a loss. So why are you so weary? Because you think you doing it. Well, stop it, Shira. You ain't all that and a bag of chips. You need to turn around and understand when you weak, Christ is strong. Stop thinking you doing it by yourself. And all you got to do is turn it over to Him. It ain't hard to pray. It ain't hard to fast. Well, some of you need to fast a little bit more than others. Just saying, ain't going to point no fingers. But what I'm saying is this is you guys got to understand something. If you stop and pray and fast, that ain't hard work. That's submitting to Christ and letting Christ do the work. The reason you're wore out and feel like you want to give up is because you think you're doing it, dummy. Do you know when I get up out of this wheelchair one day and I walk around this church, you better be ready. You better make a track. (laughs) Because I'm going to run. You don't understand. It's been so long since I've been. And I've been practicing at my house. Because I have fall zones at my house. You know, what, you, you, unless you fall down a bunch, you don't understand what a fall zone is. A fall zone is, is I know I can get from here to there. And if I start to pass out, I can push myself. And <laughs> I don't hurt. You know what I'm saying? So I got fall zones in my house. I actually turn chairs. They're like, why is that chair? Don't touch that chair. <laughs> Because there's a sharp corner on the counter right there, and that chair is a lot softer than that countertop. Don't touch that chair. Well, it looks stupid. (laughs) Yes, and I don't look bloody. Stop. 
right? I've been practicing. I've been walking around my house. And, and, and yes, I've fallen, as you can tell, by all the bruises and cuts. I fall a lot. But you know what? I'm practicing because there's going to be a day Jesus is going to say, I answered your prayer. And I don't want my legs to be little noodles. I want to be like the leper at the gate, beautiful, where he stands up and starts running. Let me tell you about my Jesus. You see, faith is something that's going to shine through you. And it shows good. Is there a water somewhere? Donna, could you get me a water? I'm about ready to cough up a hairball, and I don't even eat hair. So I want you to understand, if you'll turn to James chapter 2, verse 14, here's something that's really good. What is good? What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If you say to him, Go, I wish you well. Keep warm and well fed, but do nothing about his physical needs. What good is it? Do you understand? God bless you. Do you understand this world needs you? I'm looking at a bunch of pretty people in this building. None of you woke up this morning and had to go dig through a trash can to get food to come. None of you, you understand what I'm saying? Y'all are blessed. Some are more blessed than others, right? But guess what? If God gives you a blessing and you hold on to it and do nothing with it, God's going to take that from you. I believe when he says if he gives you something and you're not a good steward of it, he ain't going to give you more. But if he gives you a little and you do a lot with it, he's going to say, let's see what I do with a little bit more. They're going to bless you a little bit more. What are you going to do with it? And then all of a sudden, he's blessing you so much, you're going to have to start your own ministry because that's what happens when you start letting God work through you. He uses you to abundance. But some of us are sitting there going, me and mine. In mine. Don't throw that at me either. I can't catch. He's like got a he's got a perfect airplane over there and it's like, dude, that thing's gonna fly. What you can't laugh at him. Some of you's in there making them in your head. Doing origami, mental origami. Here's the thing we gotta understand. The second point is faith believes in God. Faith believes in God. Do you know what's funny? Is when you're in the middle of something, Mary, and, and you're being tore up, and, and, and it feels like the world's caving in around you, and your kids are being attacked, and everything just not, there's no peace. It feels like there's no peace. Never been there? I've been there a lot. Where there's like, there's no, I don't have that. Has anybody ever been there where you feel like you just can't breathe? You don't have that. Everybody do that together. Ready? You know, I don't care where you're at. When things are going wrong, just being able to do that and remember and center yourself in Christ. You know, when things are going on and everything's up inside down and you feel like you have no peace within you, you have to understand who you've got your faith in. Because do you like that feller sitting next to you? You got faith he's going to protect you, huh? He's going he's gonna to nurture you. He's going to protect you. He's going to provide for you, right? He's, gonna, he's your human, right? You know, he's going to make a mistake. And there's going to be a time he's at work and he's not going to be there. 
Or there's going to be, you know, in the same way. There's going to be a time when he wants that nurturing and that kind. And that because we're going to make each other, we're, we're going to make mistakes. And then all of a sudden, you'll feel this pressure and this heaviness. And you're like, suffocating. Guess what? Remember who you have faith in. I have faith that God's got my back. And I have faith that he brought me the most perfect woman in the world. And guess what? Between what God's doing through her, I have no worries. You know what's crazy? I'm a crippled, and I drove a Z28 Camaro all the way to Overton for Pahrump by myself just to come see my family. And let me tell you about my Jesus. I didn't get a speeding ticket. <laughs> that's Jesus. I'm just telling you. Because <laughs> that's a fast car, <laughs> and I can't feel my feet. So it's like, oh, <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. I had a good time. But see, I had every right to wake up this morning. My wife wasn't able to come. My son's still sleeping. My grandson's here from California. My brother's in the hospital getting ready to have surgery. I'm doing a wedding for Michael and Becca at 5 o'clock this evening. I had every right to call up. And even Pastor Childers this morning at 6.15. Dude, just check in. Are you still going to Overton? Yep, dressed and out the door. Praise the Lord. That's all I got back as I'm like, woohoo, I'm ahead into Overton. I stopped and got two monsters just in case I needed help getting here. I only drank one. So now I know I can get home. <laughs> I just want you to understand something. I had every reason to say no. But I know who I have faith in. Lisa called me this morning at 5.30. Pastor, don't go. I don't want you to go by yourself. My wife went, don't go. Bye. I'm just saying. Everybody, but let me tell you about my Jesus. You see, I knew I needed to be here today. Not for you, because you already know Jesus. I needed to come and reaffirm him in my life. Do you understand? Sometimes you got to get out of your comfort zone to find out what Jesus is doing. Let me tell you what he's doing, folks. I don't care if there was three people here today, I'd be preaching the same way, because I'm stupid that way. Because if God brought me to Overton for three, those three needed to hear something. And if he didn't, they needed to hear me tell me something. I'm reminding myself, just like I'm trying to remind you, you've got to know who you believe in. Faith believes in God. It says, you believe that there is one God good. Even demons believe that. Congratulations. Well, you think that just because you say, I believe in God, dirt, so do demons. They're in hell. That don't make you a Christian because you say, I believe in God. What is in your heart? What is going on in your heart? Where is your faith? What is your works? What is your deeds? What is being shown through your life? Have you covered up the light in your life? Are you burying it under a bowl? Are you hiding it under your work? Are you hiding it underneath? Well, I'm busy. Well, I don't want to be. You know what? I got high schoolers. I got grade schoolers. You know what? If they don't learn right now about this thing... I'm going to get taped. 
you got to understand, if they don't see mom and dad right now acting like they have faith and living it out in public, what makes you think they're going to do it in school? No, you know what they're going to do? They're going to do the same thing they're seeing you do. They're going to act just like everybody while they're at work and then put on their holy clothes to go to church on Sunday. Well, you don't think that's what's happening? I was a high school football coach. And I was a high school soccer coach before this. And let me tell you a secret. I heard the way they talked. And then I watched them in church on Sunday. That was, I was confuzzled. Because I was like, you standing on the worship team with your hand up. And I just saw you talking to your buddies using four-letter words with your finger up. And then I met their father. That's why I want to see families in church. Because lip service is exactly that, lip service. I believe in God. Yes, we serve God. Really? Show me. Oh, I believe in God. Oh, really? So do demons. Show me what God is in your life. This is good preaching. Yes, preacher. It is good preaching. I think I'll continue. Far out. This is awesome. I have an amen corner. I left them in prompt. Here's the deal. This is my third and final point. Faith produces, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Faith produces righteousness. James 2, 20. A foolish man. You want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Really? Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not your ancestor Abram considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac to the altar? His faith and his actions are working together. And his faith was made complete but what he did. His faith was made complete by what he did. What's completing your faith? It's lip service to say, I have faith in God and not do anything with it. You understand that? It's faith to say, God's going to make me walk again. I don't even care. Drag, come back here. He's going to give me my legs back. And I'm not going to hold nothing. But guess what? I got to do something to prove it. You understand what I'm saying? It's one thing to say, my brother's sick. It's another thing to pray in faith believing. It's one thing to say, me and my family, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. It's another one to bring them in here and let them show you and let them see what's happening. There's also a scripture that says, tempt not the Lord thy God. So I'm going to sit back down. But I want you to understand. That was good. Romans 3, 21 and 22. You and that lightning storm back there going, 
I got saved three times in this church service, and it's your fault. Here's the thing. Romans 3, 21, 22. But now, righteous, now a righteousness from God apart from law has been, named, no, uh, been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. It's one thing to say something. You know, you're looking at a professional church player. (laughs) When I was a teenager, I'd been raised in church all my life. My dad was so assemblies of God, I think he's got a tattoo somewhere hidden. You know what I mean? I was a drug baby. I was drugged to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, women's ministry, men's ministry. I was drugged everywhere, right? And the thing of it is, I want you to understand something. I figured it out. I knew when I was supposed to raise my hand and close my eyes. I knew, I knew when I was supposed to, to cry. I knew I was, when I was supposed to say amen. By the way, some of you need to figure that one out. And, and you know what's crazy is I start thinking, <laughs> one. I, and I, I, I want you to understand something. I had everybody fooled except Jesus. You see, I even got to the point where I was so silly. <laughs> I was really silly. I actually would go down to the altar, and, and we had altars just like this. That's why I love them so much because this, this is where I found Jesus. Right here at an altar. And I went down to that altar, but I was playing church. Anybody understand what playing church was? It was I wanted everybody else to think I was good. I didn't want to have to make the sacrifice to be good, right? So I would go down there, and I'd put my face down like this, and I'd spit on my fingers and wipe it underneath my eye to where when I stood up, the church lights would shine like I'd been crying. They're like, oh, Jeffrey got saved. No, Jeffrey just had spit on his face. Because I just wanted people to get off my back. But then, when the attack came, it wasn't in here. See, I had a lot of it up here. I didn't have it in here. And for some of you that know my story, in Phoenix, Arizona, looking at 15 years with Joe Arpio, that's when I found it real. (laughs) And you know what? It's so much better not playing. It's so much better when it's real. But you've got to understand, genuine faith produces righteousness in us. It, you need to get where you got to get. The body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. I just want you to understand something. It's not lip service. It's time to live it. Bob is going to be healed in the name of Jesus. And you know what's going to be crazy is when your brother with MS is the one that goes down and says the prayer with him. What? Now let me tell you about my Jesus. Now, you tell me that testimony ain't going to be something people are going to go, what? What? You know what's funny? You know, you know everybody's got testimony. 
Do you know how you get a testimony? You go through a test. You can't have a testimony without a test. Guess what? Some of us are just stupid enough. We got to go through big tests. <laughs> the rest of us, guess what? Thank God if you ain't got to say, well, I was crippled and now I walk. I had cancer and was diagnosed to die, but now I'm good. I had this, you know, you know. How about I was lost and now I'm found. The biggest testimony you can ever stay. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. It's time to start showing your faith. Live your faith. Uncover your life. And some of you need to pour a little gasohol on your fire. Get a little bit lit up. You know what I mean? Because some of you are smoldering, and I'm afraid if you smoke much more, we're going to have to have a smoking section in the church. We need to light the fire back. We got to get there, y'all. Thank you for letting me come home. I miss you all so much. And I'm going to tell you, God is not done. He's not done. I see a lot of people missing, uh, and, and I'm going I'm to make Trina feel really bad later. Until I drove all the way there, and you wouldn't even come see me. Whatever, cabin. Whatever, I used to thought you liked me. Whatever. I just want y'all to know, we're not done with God, and God's not done with us. The world needs to see hope. The world needs to see true faith. And the real world needs to see that Jesus is still doing stuff. Amen? Father, I love you, and I thank you for the opportunity to come home. God, I pray this week that our faith will be bolstered. God, let our light shine that, you know what, I want everybody to have somebody come up and say, you must be a Christian because you're different. God, let that light shine so bright they see you in everything we do. God, be with each one of us as we go through this week, strengthening us, and let us feel your presence in all we do. And we're going to give you praise in Jesus' holy name. And everybody says, amen. Go ahead, Miss Vanette.